Welcome to yet another episode of Sable Souvenirs. This is Preeti Sahu, your host for today. In our last episode, we met Sunla Kamat, who took us all through her interesting 11-year journey. And today, we have with us Anupama Lakshman, who has a penchant for learning and a special love for college degrees. Hello, Anupama. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, Preeti. Um... Yeah, I am a person who has always liked uh, being in college. Uh, so I first started out uh, after school. I went to Bitspilani, where I did a dual degree in uh, biological sciences and electrical and electronics engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, I planned to equip myself further uh, and uh, do a master's in uh, electronics and electrical engineering. But uh, I, I decided to, uh, you know, take a year to work uh, so that I could pay my way. So th- I joined Cognizant Technologies, which was, uh, the, it, it was through a campus interview. And uh, I finally did complete my master's at uh, San Jose State University, which is in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I joined a startup uh, and was working on 4G technology, the the one which is probably on all mobile phones now. And uh, that company was later acquired by Broadcom and the commute became hard. And uh, that is when I felt like I needed a change and uh, data analytics was picking up. And uh, because I had a strong statistics background, I thought, you know, it would be a natural uh, change from the telecom industry to the analytics uh, side. But unfortunately, most of the jobs wouldn't even consider me without a computer science or a statistics degree. Mm-hmm. And that time, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she's actually a visiting professor at IAMB. She teaches uh, financial accounting. And she told me about their doctoral program and that, uh, you know, you actually get paid to study and all that. And so that uh-huh. that was when I decided that, you know, uh, it's probably in, uh, good to go back to college and get a degree in stats. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I did my PhD there. And uh, just as I was finishing, I heard about this uh, job opening at uh, Sabre and uh, uh, yeah, and my thesis was on uh, forecasting time series. Uh, the job rec uh, was, uh, you know, uh, on forecasting data. Mm-hmm. So it, it happened to be a good fit. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm here now. Okay, interesting. So you seem to have been at right places in the right time. Um, can you let us know more about your role in Saber Labs? Yeah, Uh, so at Sabre Labs, work that we do is get insights from data and use it to um, uh, serve a lot of airline customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I work in a team called uh, GDD, Global Demand Data, which is a part of Sabre Labs. Here we build products which use this uh, global demand data. And I specifically have been working on predicting market size for different airline markets. And uh, this data is uh, the global demand data, which is collected from a lot of sources. And um, um, yeah, so it is uh, it is a very exciting place to work because, uh, I mean, though, if you look at the algorithms that we use, uh, they might be standard. Some of them are even like uh, 40 years old, uh, but uh, the way we use them, uh, the new tools that we use to process, store data, how we apply these algorithms, all these are uh, uh, things which keep changing. And uh, we get exposed to a lot of things at Sabre Labs, like, uh, for example, running these algorithms on uh, Google Cloud Platform. So the, all these are new learnings and 
so we are actually keeping up uh, with the latest advances in in tech and uh, at saber labs we we are given the freedom to explore so i can uh, go and say that you know i will get this particular insight from this data and uh, this is my um, uh, proof of concept i've built this model and this is the result and uh, uh, we are encouraged to do that um, we are also encouraged to attend various conferences uh, collaboration with academia they really encourage you to do that and uh, so uh, this i find is like you know it feeds my interest as well and uh, i get to work on cutting edge technology in the field of artificial intelligence uh, which as you may know is the buzzword yeah right true that so talking about artificial intelligence you you may have heard of like you know there's a lot of discussion going around ethical ai right yeah uh, why do you think is the right time to start incorporating it in our products especially in the aviation sector yeah that's a very good question because it's it's also an interest of mine so for a few years artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, these are all buzzwords so if you look at the hottest jobs uh, they have been uh, around for like in the last 4 5 years right i'm aware of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and but sometimes yeah. i feel like i should have been in technology and <laughs> should have these hard skills you know yeah. high paid jobs the in in a lot of demand and all exactly because i mean these skills you can use across industries it's not that you know it's only aviation or mm-hmm. i mean it, it's retail even uh, sports right i mean cricket uh, there right ai of, is everywhere yeah so uh, yeah so ai is not new it's been around for many de- decades actually and um, uh, we are actually seeing what was earlier science fiction now uh, coming true and uh, and machines replacing manual repetitive tasks is also not new right i mean uh, we know that you know washing machines have replaced washing your clothes by hand right and uh, but however these intelligent machines right i mean so a washing machine is not uh, necessarily intelligent though it may have a lot of fancy uh, settings and uh, programs that you can try but uh, an intelligent machine is something like the tesla uh where uh, it's a self driving car i mean though it may not be there yet fully um the, the tesla is like an intelligent machine because i mean there have been many recorded cases where you know uh, tesla saved the life of the driver because it, it detected something in low visibility or it stopped uh, uh, when there was a, a accident like you know down the road which uh, the driver didn't know so all these are very nice uh, things to have which is the nice side of ai mm-hmm. uh, but you know there are always these uh, gray areas where i mean suppose the self driving car had to make a decision between saving a, a pedestrian versus the four passengers in the car would would we be um, uh, okay with the decision that a machine makes right i mean or would you rather it's a person who has um, more uh, conditioning on the moral aspects uh, so i mean even even in the case of covid right i mean uh, uh, let's say there were there was a shortage of hospital beds so mm-hmm. if there were two people who came would you give the bed to someone who was 60 plus or 40 plus you know so these are all moral questions which uh, which i think we are the technology is not mature enough to handle as yet Mm-hmm. um in aviation it it is particularly important because i mean already uh, there is a lot of uh, automation uh, like a a pilot uh, i mean just i think um, 
comes in uh, maybe at uh, you know landing or take off or uh, so largely a plane can drive itself i mean there are there was a case where uh, they had to land uh, on the hudson river and uh, uh, i mean there were uh, many doubts as to whether the pilot had done the right thing or if a machine had done it it would have been better so these are kind of i mean like similar to the self driving car right there are a lot of gray areas and given the pandemic uh, are we invading passengers privacy right we are asking them uh, to take a test and then we are actually looking at it so there are many many things where uh, we actually need to step in and uh, uh, think about uh, how it's going to impact uh, the larger um uh, i mean humanity as a whole uh, before uh, we uh, kind of adopt these technologies and i think this is the right time because the technologies are getting mature we will uh, see a lot of ai and machine learning so um, we should identify these kind of uh, gray areas and uh, think about them probably you know create a committee uh, and resolve uh, resolve these kind of questions one way or the other so in short you're basically trying you know you're saying ethical ai is more or less you know humanizing the ai in some way yes okay. uh, yeah i mean it's not that the human decisions are right uh, also i'm not saying that uh, but the thing is uh, we do have uh, i mean we have thought about uh, these kind of questions right it's not new we have a justice system we have uh ways to pull up people when uh when they are wrong but uh how uh, does it work when it work for machine? when it's a machine yes so yeah. Uh, yeah so i think this is the right time that you know uh, yeah that's a very interesting field in itself i guess and you know yes. different people will have different opinions and it will take very you know yeah, it- it will take a long time to mature actually but uh, i think we should be having this conversation more and and i think it is uh, coming up at least in the west uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, ethical ai okay that sounds interesting let's see what future has in store for us so anupama why don't you share some of the learnings from your career journey what you think makes you unique and that can help our audience to avoid certain mistakes in their career your your experiences we we all learn from each other's experiences right so yes. it's something that you would like to share with us yeah i i would say like the biggest learning that i i had personally is that uh, you know don't limit yourself based on the degree that you earned or your work experience because uh, i think this is uh, this was one of the biggest learnings that i had because as like i said i have three degrees mm-hmm. uh, and when i first finished my bachelor's and i joined uh, you know cognizant uh, i was like i'm a telecom engineer uh, you know there are if someone asks me about java i don't think i really know much about it and you know th- this is my comfort zone so let me do work in that field mm-hmm. but i think the minute you draw a box around yourself uh, it limits your growth as well and i think any degree in a sense it only equips you to you know uh, think logically solve problems so it doesn't matter that you know uh, it's labeled as a engineering problem or as a telecom problem or as an uh, aviation problem right i mean what you should think is uh, you've been given a set of tools uh, based on your degree and uh, i mean how best can i apply them and the and this is a question that needs to be solved so th- that's that's all you should think and um, i think we should also constantly think like you know how how can we improve ourselves 
uh, and our work and uh, this this itself i think is good enough uh, for a good uh, career path mm -hmm. and uh, another learning i would say is that uh, i mean uh, Many times I've uh, felt like, you know, if I ask a, a particular question, this shows a lack of knowledge in, in that field or something like that, right? I mean, you're scared to ask a question for many reasons, but if it is something like, you know, uh, you fear that um, by asking this question, you're showing up uh, your ignorance, then I think that should not be the case. Because in any company or in a team or even in a university, we are all working towards a common goal. And uh, I think when we ask a question or we ask for help, it's it's almost always forthcoming and it also makes for a better atmosphere. So I think uh, that's another uh, takeaway that I had personally that, you know, never hesitate to ask when you don't understand something or you need help. Those are great takeaways. I personally will focus on not you know, being limited by one's education. That's new one for me. Thank you so much. We're going into the new year soon. Any messages for the audience? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I know for a couple of years we've been in this pandemic situation, but I'm somehow very optimistic about the coming new year. Uh, after these uh, two years of lockdowns and health scares among, uh, you know, our friends and relatives, uh, I'm seeing more and more people visit their loved ones. And I mean, and I think this is a very nice thing. And uh, so that is a good thing for Sabre because we are a travel company. Uh, and I think despite the Omicron variant, you know, looming large on the horizon, uh, I think uh, and I'm hopeful that the lessons we've learned in the past two years and the vaccines uh, that we have will, uh, uh, you know, somehow help us tackle this uh, and uh, I don't, and even if COVID-19, you know, doesn't go away completely, I think we will learn to live with it. And so this, I think uh, this new year will only bring good news for both Sabre and the travel industry. And I've been impressed that uh, Sabre has done so much, uh, all the volunteering work that we did during this uh, second wave and uh, this priority on mental health. Uh, this was all very well done. And um, so for me, I think 2022 is the year of hope. And uh, the message I would give is if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated and get busy living. Okay, that's a great takeaway. You're talking about hope and transformation. Thank you, Anupama. It was a pleasure having you with us. I'd like to leave the audience with a hopeful message and uh, a very um, awesome 2022. I'd also like to remind them that they can keep coming back and check out our latest podcast episodes as and when they release. They will be updated on our website as and when they happen. Until then, let's all stay safe and happy. Mm -hmm.